Welcome to One Dive at a Time, the official podcast of Neptune Warrior, healing heroes one dive at a time. Hello, this is Rob, your host for One Dive at a Time. I'm the founder and the director of Neptune Warrior. I'm coming back really refreshed from an amazing trip in Roatan. I know I promised that I would do some interviews and some broadcasting from down there, and it just it didn't happen. <laughs> we had talked about, in fact, between Jason, Larissa, Phil Laurie, and Brooks and I, we had talked about doing some recordings down there and and every time we were having a conversation one of us and not just me but one of us would say man this would make a great podcast is mostly jason i'm going to throw the blame out on him i wanted to share with you a little bit about the experience i want to save a lot of that for when i get the six of us together to talk about really the 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 trip and knowing how to prepare for a trip or that specific trip and and what worked and what didn't work. We might get into how to handle emergencies while you're in a third world country and some things to look for. We do want to cover that. We did have a minor medical emergency while we're down there. I'm not going to talk about it here because one, I'm going to save it. Number two, because it is very personal of what happened. I'm not sure that I'm at liberty to really share all the details of what happened, but just understand that something did happen while we're there. Everyone is safe. Everyone acted the way they needed to, and everyone is good to go. The uh, and, and so we may want to talk about some of the preparedness, the medical preparedness that went into that, and maybe just talk about some of the the fantastic diving and the fantastic food and the great accommodations that we had. What I want to do in this episode, though, is I want to talk a little bit about how to plan your own trip. And I think all of us have different ideas of what diving should be like. I know I certainly do. And I'll explain that here in just just a few moments of what my, my take on it is. Uh, versus what other people's take might be on it. But before we get into that, I want to remind everybody that on Saturday the 16th, out at the Harley-Davidson shop in Meridian, we're going to be out there supporting Ride for 22. Now, I haven't been able to, to get Steve Xing on for an interview, and I know that I had talked about that, so we may have to do it after Ride for 22. I know right now the guy is incredibly busy trying to get that going. And if you don't remember... Ride for 22 was instrumental in really boosting us forward and kicking us forward in so many different ways a few years ago that we continue to go out there and support. Now, we don't sell anything while we're out there. We might give away some t-shirts, but we're going to be talking about how diving is a incredible opportunity for veterans with or without PTSD or TBIs, but maybe maybe even just looking for uh, a, a community. And of course, we will talk about the benefits of, of diving for those who suffer with post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injuries. So I did want to remind you about that. Also, we have continued uh, dive operations on Fridays and on Sundays. Easter Sunday, we will not be diving as a reminder for those of you who are local. 
So let's talk a little bit about how to prep for a trip. Now I'm going to talk about my style of prep and how I enjoy travel. And I think I probably take a little more of a National Geographic type of mentality about it, more of an explorer, someone who lives for the water versus someone who might just want to do a couple of dives and go do some sightseeing, get involved in culture, maybe hang on the pool. Uh, that's not really everything that I, that's really not my style of diving. However, I do like getting engrossed in, in the culture and all, but I'm not the diver who takes a huge suitcase with me full of things. And of course, I don't need a lot of hair products because I don't have any hair on the top of my head. Uh, but just, you know, just some things that, you know, th that I do as far as my prep and, and getting ready. And it may be a little more detailed than what you, than what someone might, might think. So there's, you know, there's a lot of gear checklist out there and dive trip checklist and things like that. And I'm going to make sure that I get one published over to both the scubarob.com site as well as the neptunewarrior.org site so that you'll have access to those. But, you know, first of all, I, I owe a lot to Jason Janicek. Jason was instrumental. I've, I mean, he was the ringleader on this thing. He's the one that really got the trip going, got uh, the, the folks fired up for the trip, and, you know, really made things possible, did all the research. Research really became his second job. And Jason is like, I am that when you get ready to do a trip like this, you want to do as much prep work as you can. You want to do as much research. You want to find out about the dive shop. Jason talked to numerous dive shops about what they offered and what types of dives we would do, what the dive sites look like, how many people we needed for dive boats. So he did, he did all of that work, and we're going to make sure we do cover that in another podcast. Now, I know that there were some... There were some expectations that weren't quite met. It this was more of an exploratory dive, so you know we're all learning things. I think the dive shop learned a few things. I remember that when we were checking into the dive shop on the first night, you know the dive shop owner said, "Well, you know we're gonna knock a couple of cobwebs," and we all just kind of looked at each other like, "Brother, there are no cobwebs to be knocked off for this group." Now, granted, we aren't doing Caribbean diving. But this is a group that dives all the time. Their skills are proficient. We're, we're proficient with our equipment and everything like that. So as we're, you know, as we're going in to do our prep work, there's obviously that part of doing the research, looking at the sites, calling different dive shops, talking to different divers, getting onto different dive boards. Those are all things that we would recommend that you do. Do your homework. And I, you know, one of the things that that I like to do is I try to avoid, you know, your, your popular tourist destinations. So when, when Jason came back and said that we we're going to stay at Henry Morgan and not a place like Anthony keys, I was actually grateful for that. Now there's nothing against Anthony keys. I know that they run some great dives, but when we came off the aircraft in Roatan, probably 90% of the divers there, we're going to Anthony Keys. Now Anthony Keys does a, a fabulous job of getting their divers prepped up. They've got you know they've got little green tags so that you know that you know they go on the luggage and people are already wearing Anthony Keys t-shirts so that they're well identified and things like that. We did a lot of this as a do it your you know a do it yourself type trip. Again, not knocking anything 
that a company like Anthony Keys does. They do a fantastic job. But I think we all wanted to avoid, you know, really popular tourist destinations. And so we got something that was, it wasn't off the beaten path, but it was slightly off the beaten path. The accommodations that we stayed at was Henry Morgan. The staff was fantastic. Now, what has happened in the past few years because of COVID, Henry Morgan used to cater to a lot of Canadian and uh, U.S. visitors and tourists. And because of COVID, the owner there has begun to bring in a lot of, not just local, but a lot of Honduran visitors. And so there's a private jet that runs out of Honduras and lands in, in Roatan. So there, being American there, we were actually in the minority. Now, with that said, there was still, you know, the staff spoke English. Most of the staff spoke English, spoke English very well, very accommodating to Americans. And we were also able to pay a little better price because we were not staying in, a, in one of the larger uh, touristy type, type areas. One of the things that I liked about Henry Morgan I don't know if I said Captain Morgan earlier, but one of the things I liked about Henry Morgan was they had, it, it was all inclusive. So you get up, you'd have breakfast, you could have snacks down at the snack bar. They serve empanadas or what we call empanadas. They call enchiladas in Honduras. What uh, we call tostadas were actually, I don't remember the name of them in in Honduras, come to think of it now, I think that they, oh, they were calling those tacos. And uh, and what we would call uh, nachos were, were actually, I mean, it wasn't like the cheesy type nachos. It had like a, it had like a, a coleslaw type salsa on the top. By the way, no spicy food there uh, at the snack bar or in the main restaurant area. Main restaurant area serves a lot of Italian type foods on one side and on the other side, a very Hispanic uh, beans, rice, you know, for breakfast might be beans, rice, uh, huevos, which is eggs, and friolis, which is beans, and then some type of a sour cream that goes on top of it or a yogurt that goes on, to on top of all that. And then fantastic desserts, lots of sweet stuff. I haven't even checked my weight yet. I stopped. I've been on Weight Watchers. I decided to not even count points while I was there. And one was because of the guilt aspect of it. Number two is because do not expect good internet reception while you're there. So I run on a T-Mobile device and I could get onto uh, T-Mobile by five gigs for $35. And I was going through it literally in a day. And I don't understand why I was going through so many gigs in a day. But I, I quickly decided I just need to stay away from the phone. Now, T-Mobile does offer uh, 2G at, at your regular at your regular rate. I'm, I'm just waiting to see what, what the bill came out for. When you go to a place like Henry Morgan, understand, you know, you, you are in a third world country. You're on the island of a third world country. So you're not going to be drink. You're not going to be drinking the water out of the tap. Accommodations are not going to be, you know, five star type hotel like what you might have here in the U.S. In fact, they would probably compared to U.S. is probably like two, maybe three star at at best. From, from what we had. And the first night that we were there, we ran into problems with a broken bed. We ran into problems with uh, the shower, uh, having cold water in the shower, uh, no, no warm water, and uh, power outages throughout the night. 
Henry Morgan did a great job at taking care of us. They reaccommodated us into a better room uh, at the same at the same price. And our, the 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 very first room that I had, it was a it was really just a you walk in, there's a bed and a shower, and, and that was that was about it. That's that's the single garden view type uh, type of accommodation. And I actually got upgraded to one that had a bed and had a you know had a, a bathroom you could walk into with a shower. And a little more room had a deck and things like that. So they were really good about taking care of us. Uh, but just you know, just make sure that you know that you know what you're what you're getting into. As far as getting there, so I keep I've always kept a, a, a current U.S. passport. I'm also I've also been uh, COVID vaccinated. But we had people on the trip that had not been COVID vaccinated or had. Uh, so my dive buddy had one vaccination and actually wound up with COVID. And was told not to get the second second vaccination, so had to get a COVID test 24 hours prior. Now, if you are working and you're flying out on a Friday, there's a lot of stress of trying to find a place that is open that can get you your test results back in time on a Thursday. So, fortunately, with my dive buddy, dive buddy was off on Thursday, so was able to get the test and, and get the test back and, and everything on on time. But that can be that can be something that, that's incredibly stressful for, for your trip uh, for your trip. Because I was flying American Airlines, they use a program called Verify. Absolute piece of crap. <laughs> so uh, you would have to submit all your documentation through Verify, your passport. Uh, there was a letter that had to be done to the um, to the Honduran embassy that had to be done in like twenty four to forty eight hours or maybe seventy two hours prior to um, you know to departure. The, the online software or the online program would allow you to, at times, answer the questions in English, and sometimes it wouldn't. You also had a medical form that you had to fill out, upload your passport, and then the most frustrating thing is I kept uploading my shot vaccination, and either they couldn't read the birth date or they didn't see uh, a certain seal or a stamp on it, and then the other thing is the person that filled out my COVID vaccination, put down my, uh, my, my middle name, which I go by, which is Rob, and didn't put my first name on there. And so they kept rejecting it, even though they looked at the birth dates and everything else. And I had other documents where I had placed my middle name on there. So I had to write a note on a blank sheet of paper that to, to please, you know, the, the, my, my middle name and my first name, it's the same person. Please look at the birth date. And it was, it was just a hassle. And then when I got down to Honduras and we were trying to uh, load up to Verify, it was just, it was a fiasco. I mean, they, you know, they can't see dates. They can't see doctor's names on, on the vaccine, on the, uh, on the COVID test and things like that. By the way, you do have to take a COVID test coming back out of Rotan. And when I spoke to the doctor, I said, Hey, you know, what happens if I fail this thing? He's like, Oh, no, no problem. We're going to give you the test until you pass. <laughs> So I, it, it had me worried that they, I might keep, quote unquote, failing the test so they could get more money, which they didn't do. They were very honest about it. But because they are not connected through any type of network, he said, we'll just keep testing you till you pass. So I, I guess there was a little bit of, of uh, you know, comfort in, in that to, to some level. It, it costs $35 per person to take the test coming back out of, out of Honduras. And so make sure that you're factoring that into your prep. 
Something that I'm big about is I don't believe in paying for a trip when you get back. So I save up all year long and I set a budget for the trip. I know how much money I'm going to spend, you know, how much I'm going to take with me in cash. That's when I'm going to spend on the trip as far as eating out or shirts or anything like that. I don't like putting things on, on a credit card or, or anything like that. Uh, my plane tickets were, were just under a grand to get down there. And then for accommodations, I was quoted $1,400, but it wound up with taxes and fees and everything else, wound up being closer to uh, just under two grand. So make sure that you, that you do factor those extra taxes and, and things like that. Uh, as, you know, as far as packing the, the gear that I took, I, I actually did some swapping out of my scuba gear. I normally dive a stiletto or I'll dive uh, an excess scuba BCD. But I've, I've gone to backplates lately. And so I put in a lot of time on making sure my backplate was set up well, making sure that I was comfortable in it, I could do all the skills that I needed to do, that I looked proficient, and that I looked confident in it. But I did go through, and, and as I was doing my prep work and, and packing things away, I made sure that all my gear was was squared away and and I it was, was able to operate it. So I'm, I dive all the time. But also, everybody that was involved in this dive, we spent several weeks as we made gear adjustments, making sure that we were comfortable and confident in our, in our gear. So my dive buddy, she had actually swapped over to a backplate as well and had and at least got three or four dives, even though they're pool dives, got three or four pool dives in her setup. And then I don't like to service regulators and then take a trip because if you missed anything then you know or you know sometimes you don't find things out until like the third or fourth dive after you've serviced a regulator so we made sure that regulators were serviced well in advance i did take a wetsuit i started to not take a wetsuit i was really glad that i did i took a shorty and actually glued pockets on the outside of mine as well as my dive buddies so we could put finger reels and, and things like that into the into the pockets. I wound up not only keeping my finger reel in there, but I wound up picking up trash and placing it in those those uh, pockets as well. Did a, did a few weight checks, so I had a, a little bit of an idea uh, of what to take. Now, as far as other packing stuff, you know, scuba gear, you know, my standard scuba rig with, um, you know, back plate and harness with the wing, my... Uh, I, I did dive my, my Atomic M1 as my main, a B2 as my as my backup. Made sure that I took my uh, my necklace for for my backup. Had the took an SMB, which I was really glad that I took uh, because of the boat traffic that is there. In fact, the dive master was very happy that we did have our our own uh, SMBs as well as finger reels and knew how to how to deploy them for for surfacing. Made sure I took my own fins, boots, all that kind of stuff. And then just instead of taking an entire save dive kit, I took, you know, really just the basics. I made sure that I had a tool, uh, you know, for pulling, you know, pulling out port plugs, you know, things like that for replacing O-rings and silicon, just, just bare basics. Not my, my whole, like if I was taking a bunch of students down to Windover for the weekend for. As far as personal gear, though... I overpacked, and I knew that I overpacked. I got talked into taking multiple pairs of shorts, multiple pairs of underwear, uh, socks, things like that that I never even used. When I pack for this type of a trip, it's normally two pairs of board shorts, 
one, maybe two pairs of shorts, a couple of pairs of underwear, two or three t-shirts, and then a rash guard, a single rash guard. Because I know when I get to those areas, I'm going to find rash guards to buy. In fact, I, I probably overbought on rash guards this time. I'm going to wind up giving some away. And then, of course, toiletries. I way overpacked and, and could have really could have minimized a lot. Things that I wish I had taken, though. I wish I had taken a dry bag, a sturdy PVC-based dry bag for the boat. You know, keeping things dry on, on the boat is pretty, you know, pretty essential. I did take a mesh bag with me so I could dry my stuff and, and carry my stuff. Now, by the way, we dove through Blue Planet Divers. And with David as the dive master slash, well, he's also an instructor, but he was working as a dive master. And Javier, who is the captain of the boat, that is a fantastic crew. Those guys were, were really, really squared away. Something that they like to do is they like to have your gear, put it together, get it on the boat for you. And with Jason running doubles, he likes to set up his own gear. I really like to set up my own gear, but I thought it's a backplate. It's not, you know, it's not that hard. So I, I went ahead and opted to let them do the backplate, but they didn't keep my mask fins and snorkel at night like they did with the others because I wanted the ability to go snorkeling on the beach in the afternoon if, if I wanted to. So they were really good about that, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, having, having a PVC-based bag on the boat would have been really helpful. Having the, mesh, having the mesh bag with me was really helpful. I found a couple of new ways to, to uh, carry my GoPro, which I had not, not discovered before. I'm probably going to post pictures of that change over on the website, both the scubarob.com website as well as the Neptune Warrior uh, site. In, in a few weeks as I, as I make those modifications. I did take three GoPros with me, and two of them worked great. I made sure that I took extra cards with me so that as I filled up cards or was getting close to filling up cards, anytime I got a card over 50%, I went ahead and swapped out cards. So that, that worked out really well. But I did have one GoPro fail, and it happened to be the one that my dive buddy had. So she was not happy about that. Plus, I have no pictures of me diving, and I've got this great footage of of her being able to go through wrecks and, and things like that. Um, I did I did pack a full first aid kit. I'm sorry. I did pack a travel size first aid kit, which um, w w you know w which was really you know w was really useful, you know for things like cuts and abrasions. I did get some abrasions on my feet from from the sand, rubbing against my my boots and everything. But you know I think I think we picked the right dive shop. We picked a dive shop that was off the beaten path. They're low key. There was there were some bugs that we had to work out and some expectations that had to had to be reset, but overall, I recommend Blue Planet Divers. We had a fantastic time with them, and if you go and look on look at their website for uh, David or might say David on the website, David was was fantastic. Uh, in the prep, understanding things like where the nearest hyperbaric chamber is good, having that written down making sure you've got DAN insurance. Uh, and by the way, there are different types of DAN policies that you can get. I, I suggest getting the full-blown travel insurance uh, from DAN. If you're an instructor, make sure that your insurance doesn't run out while you're there. Accessing the DAN website is an absolute pain when you're trying to do it from Rotan. Trust me, my insurance ran out while I was down there. It's like, oh no, and I've got students with me, so I had to get it renewed and everything. And then make sure that I got the uh, make sure that I got things printed off for the dive shop 
you know, should I need to, uh, should, you know, should I need to re- represent those? So that that's always, uh, you know, that can always be kind of kind of a hassle. So you know, again, th- thinking about things like that, you know, Jason did an incredible job on researching the different types of dive conditions we're going to have there and the different types of dives. So we got there, we could just tell David what kind of dives we were looking for. When we were talking to Tom, who's the owner, he was still kind of in the mindset that we needed to knock cobwebs off. So we just kind of pulled back and said, okay. If we're gonna if we're gonna knock you know, quote unquote knock off cobwebs, we really want the same dive master all week. And so we had to reset some expectations there because we wanted David to know that we were competent divers. And if you're getting a different dive master every day, well, every day it's they they go into it. And I've been in that situation. You walk into it and you're not really confident with what this group of divers is like. I mean, you you're responsible for these folks and what I find, and I'm sure David found, is that after you dove with those divers a couple of times, you're like, okay, responsible diver. Okay, I've got this set, of, you know, these couple of divers, they don't like to go deep. Uh, I've got this set of divers, they like to go deep. Or, you know, th- these divers are good with buoyancy, these divers are not. And we never had a problem after, in fact, after uh, David took us on, our, on the first dive of day one, uh, he was very, you know, speaking to him later, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you guys are you guys are a good set of divers. I, I have nothing to worry about. Uh, you know, just, you know, just be responsible. Don't grab things, things like that. So that first day, we actually did three dives. I mean, we rocked it. We we did three dives day one and then kind of continued that either with night dives or afternoon dives. Now, I'll, I'll admit I took a couple afternoons off just to just to rest and, and get some so, you know social time, hang out a little bit and things like that. One of the things that really helped me was that in my prep, I did some research around uh, medicate, different types of medications to take for seasickness. When I went through dive school, my, my call sign was Chummer, and it's because I get seasick like crazy. So I did get the patch from my doc, and I'll tell you what, it worked out great until the last day. And what had happened is my patch had fallen off the day before, and I thought, okay, I'll put it on later. Well, I forgot. And man, the next day, we went to the opposite side of the island to go dive a cave, and it was the 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 swells were horrendous. I mean, so bad people were getting bounced off, you know, or bounced up in the air if they're riding up on the bow of the boat. All through the trip, I had been real. In, in fact, my fellow divers noticed this. All through the trip, I had been real courteous to make sure everybody got in. I, I helped them get in. We get to the dive site. I throw my back plate on, and I told David, "Dude, I got to get in." I roll over the side, and no sooner do I get 10 or 15 feet below the boat, and I puked through my rig. You know, I had hardly seen any sergeant majors, uh, if you know what that is as a fish, sergeant majors in most of the trip. I saw more sergeant majors come out of the woodwork for free chum food than I've, than I've ever seen, ever. It was, it was crazy. And I, I puked all through that dive. In fact, it was so bad when we got to the next dive site. I, and by the way, I did puke when I got back on the boat, but I puked over the side. We got over to the next dive site, and I noticed it was about 250, 300 meters offshore. I'm sorry, from where our dive shop was, probably about 150, 200 meters to the shoreline. And I asked David, hey, are you going to get in trouble if I roll over the side and just swim? And he said, no, 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 why would I get in trouble? Well, David also, you know, he, he speaks... French, English, and Spanish. I'm not sure he really understood what I was doing. 
guys, I rolled off that boat, mass fins and snorkel, and I did combat swimmer swim. <laughs> you know, turned to the side, got my fins kicking sideways, do, you know, doing the doing the combat swimmer crawl, and swam my behind all the way back to shore and got out and walked away. And I, I don't think he realized what I was doing until I was probably about 75, maybe 100 yards into the swim. And he was like, oh, I guess he's not coming back. <laughs> so anyway, there was, uh, you know, there's there's that part of it. But the dive, the dives were fantastic. We we dove in under what used to be an ancient underwater waterfall, took us down to about, well, took it took me down to 130 feet. Uh, and and I, I chased that narcosis. In fact, we came up with a name for it out there. We call it chasing the, the kraken. You know, so like if you have other drugs that get you high, it's like chasing the dragon. We actually call it chasing the kraken. And so there was a couple of us that were doing it. I love that narcosis feeling. I've always craved it. It makes me feel better. It makes me feel more more relaxed. And I, I just love that euphoric feeling, especially when I've been stressed out. So I was chasing the kraken quite a bit. Did a 105-foot shipwreck dive on a ship called the Odyssey that was sunk on purpose there. And right after we did a dive on a place called uh, the Odyssey, which was a spe- spectacular dive. And then a few more dives on, on places like Swiss Cheese, which is just what it sounds like. You go in and out of these coral formations and, and rock formations and things like that. So it was really, really, uh, you know, just really enticing. We did a, a, a wonderful night dive, got to see the bioluminescence. So a lot of undersea life or, or under nightlife come out, underwater life come out in the uh, in the darkness and, and things like that. I think one of the things that worked out really well was packing gear that last. You know, making sure that we had, you know, making sure that we took gear, you know, rugged gear. I did take a backup computer, and I was really glad that I did because while I was there, my primary computer decided to go for some reason go from having a full battery, which was replaced just a few weeks ago, to having only one out of the three bars lit up on it. Rash guards, really important. There are jellyfish out there. So I do I do dive in a rash guard top. I think going uh, going forward in the future, I will take rash guard bottoms, but I'll still dive a, a shorty. Dive hoods or beanies are really good in, the, in, in that area because of having the sunlight. I did sunburn on the top of my head uh, just a little bit. So making sure that, you know, making sure that uh, I have that on every dive is really important. Dive lights, even though you're not diving at night, I did get a I did get a new dive light to to experiment with. But during the daytime, it was still my my blue, my my little my little blue, which I think runs about 3,300. Uh, you know, as far you know as far as the 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 illuminations on it. Made sure I took extra bungee cord and shock cord for uh you know keeping my gauges all retracted like i needed to and then just you know having things ready in case i got sick or in case i got nauseous or in case i got a headache you know making sure that i had making sure that i had stuff like that carrying a a lightweight uh, uh sweatshirt for after the dive i didn't really need it uh, the night dive was a little chilly when I got done, but it's so hot and humid there it, that uh, that went away. That actually went away uh, pretty quick. Overall, it was just it was a fantastic trip. I learned a lot from watching. I always learn a lot when I watch other instructors, and so it's it's always good to see how 
how how they work, and uh, and and you know seeing how they interact with customers, looking at some of their tactics. I actually picked up a few things from David. He carries a small underwater magnifying glass, which is different than a above the water magnifying glass. It's the the refraction level. So I learned about that, and he's got a couple of pouches that he carries. Uh, you know, for, for things to use when he's with uh, with students. Making sure that, uh, you know, something I'll do next time is really make sure that uh, for whatever reason, you know, my, my GoPro number three wasn't working. It was probably the one I didn't check out a whole lot before I left. So I need to make sure that I, that I do that. Something that did work well was I made sure that I took uh, some dive stickers with me. And I passed out dive stickers. And, of course, David, because of just how cool he was and how much he helped are, you know, the, the the six of us, all of us part of Neptune Warrior, I made sure that he got a challenge coin. And he never received, and he's taken military people out, he's taken military crews out, and he's never received a challenge coin. That was his very first challenge coin that he took. And so he's actually going to put a hole in it and swim with it as, as a medallion. I think, you know, when you can connect with a dive instructor or a dive master, and being a dive, you know, being an instructor and a dive master, when I've had a group connect with me at that level, it means something. Especially when you've kind of got this—not kind of—when you've got this revolving door of divers who come in and out all the time. It's great to make those connections. So that you know, that was that was something that was a positive. The other thing I want to do is take T-shirts with me next time, and I think it'd be great to be able to give out. You know, Neptune Warrior T-shirts. Not that they're going to wear it on the dive, but so that they can have it, you know, to wear around town and things like that. Again, as a memento, and I would have given that to the to the boat captain and the crew as as well as as well as our our dive master. And then the only thing I really wish I'd taken was a nitrox analyzer. So they did offer nitrox, but the shop did not have an analyzer. They got the their nitrox done from. A Mari shop down the road, and I, I was told, "Hey, if you want to go down there and look at the membrane and see how it's done, then you know, you know, we're free to do that." Once I handed Tom my TDI card for for nitrox, he's like, "Oh, now I see why you're so uptight about the the nitrox and the nitrox analyzer." So I opted to not dive nitrox. Now, I know that others on the on the trip did. It's just really hard for me to break that 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 discipline. Uh, you know, actually, with that said, I did dive nitrox one day, and it was because we had had the tank on board, and I went and dove it. But it was also a shallow dive. It was a, I think it was like a forty foot dive that we we're doing, so I didn't have a problem with it with it there. But you know, I I am. I mean, I I want to know what I'm what I'm diving. You know, as, as far as what I'm diving, I you know I want to know my gear. I want to know what what mixture of air I'm diving or mixture of gas that I'm diving, and and all like that. All right, so that is a brief summary of the, well, maybe not so brief summary of the Rotan trip. But I wanted to give you an update. Felt like I owed you an update on on the trip. I highly recommend Rotan. I highly recommend Blue Planet Divers, and I highly recommend Henry Morgan. All those were fantastic places. I like diving off the beaten path. I don't like carrying large, huge suitcases. I know that some people are into roller bags and things like that. That is not me. I think I packed way too much as far as it comes with the stuff that I, you know, clothing and things like that. The one 
Cool accessory I carried with me was I did carry my ukulele. My mom got me started on ukulele back in 2016. I've loved carrying it on different dive trips and adventures, and it's the thing I kind of chill out with. All right, make sure that if you are in the Boise area that you catch us out at Ride for 22 on Saturday, April 16th. Also, if you're in the area, make sure that you come on out and join us for our dives. We are going to start Sit by the Pit up here very shortly. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to do a Sit by the Pit Saturday night after Ride for 22. I haven't decided. I need to check to see if I got football tickets. Sorry, guys. I love my indoor football. But we are going to get Sit by the Pit started up again. Got to check out the weather. It was kind of tough coming in from Rotan where it was 85 degrees and 80% humidity and walking into snow. <laughs> so that was kind of different. But you know what? We got air. And like I always say, as long as you've got air, you're all right. <laughs>